This is the Muscles and Management Podcast, where we build your body and your business. Talking all things training, sports performance, and business for athletes and aspiring coaches to enhance your training and better your career. Muscles and Management is brought to you by Challenger Strength with your host, Jerry DeFilippo. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 152 of the Muscles and Management Podcast. Guys, I am super excited for today's episode. A former remote trainee of mine, we might be working together again uh, pretty soon, basically haven't for the last uh, 9 to 12 months because he's been away at school and they're pretty hands-on there with what they are doing. Uh, Hunter Townsend, uh, really good example and good story of what calculated hard work. I say calculated because the plan he's had with his throwing and, and you know our uh, initial connection and how that kind of happened and everything that's gone into um, you know him bringing himself from a 87 mile per hour arm to a guy that's consistently in the mid 90s in games now uh, brought himself from the division two level to a uh, uh, division one opportunity uh, with this extra year of eligibility due to COVID uh, you know potential. Uh, opportunity to play professional baseball past college and what has gone into the process of transformation for Hunter. Uh, some of the stuff that we've done in his training, uh, some of the things that he's doing in his own throwing training, who he sought out for advice, where he's found information, what goes into all of that. Uh, talking about the idea that you know the average person who doesn't have elite upper 1% genetics has to push the envelope a little bit when it comes to development and trying to get things done so they can stand out and get noticed and get opportunities. Uh, just a fantastic episode going through the mind of a high-level pitcher who's worked himself uh, you know, across the spectrum of velocity, adding velocity, uh, and, and just making a lot of improvements over the past two years or so, what that journey's been like for him, uh, what he hopes people can learn from that journey. We're exploring all of it, uh, so I'm really excited for that. If you haven't already, uh, go check out last week's episode, Brian Johnson of Cal Football. The week before, Ryan Davis of Maryland Football, two very high-level Division One football strength coaches talking about a lot of different topics, particularly getting contact sport athletes through in-season and off-season training, preparing them for the demands of sport uh, in the Ryan Davis episode, and then talking about adding practical, uh, good, quote-unquote, good weight uh, when it comes to uh, you know in building and maintaining speed and power output uh, with Brian Johnson. And so definitely check those two out if you haven't already. As I always ask, guys, leave a rating, review, whatever it is. Share the episode. Get it out there. Let's try to reach some more people. As always, give feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, Really excited for you guys to listen to this one. I think Hunter does a great job of explaining his path and his development. Uh, and I'm really just pumped to see what people get from it. So thank you guys as always for tuning in. And I will talk to you next time. Peace. All right, everyone. Excited to welcome on Hunter Townsend. Hunter, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, it's it's been a fun last two years with two plus years with you uh, as a remote trainee, becoming a friend. You know all that type of stuff. I get. I say it all the time. One of the luxuries of being a young coach is uh, I, I get to become friends with my college age athletes, and uh, it, it's pretty good stuff. So I, I really, you know, thank you for taking the time to come on. I know you got a game later today. Uh, you got to get to the field. I think you have a game practice, something like that. Uh, but, but thank you for coming on, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here, man. I'm, you know, worst guest, but you know, I (laughs) I like to think I'm the most fun guest at least. Yeah, no, I listen, like I told you, we talked about this yesterday. Um, like I, I really think that this episode could be 
really beneficial for a lot of people. I, I think like I'm the most excited for the the kids, the high school and college kids that I have that listen to the show. Yeah. Um, just just from the fact that like, and we're gonna we're gonna get into this, but like just the fact that you the the path that you've been on, like discovering all of this stuff on your own. Like I would tell people, you know, when I was telling them like the work that we did together, that like you handled your entire throwing program on your own, like you put it together, like you took that step by step, even to the point where like, and you could shed some light on this, like you were actually training players on your own team, like your own teammates yep. um, at, at the, your previous stop. So I guess let's, yep. let's go back to the beginning real quick. Okay. Um, high school through college recruiting process to where you are now. Give us a little uh, rundown. Okay. So, um, I mean, I threw, 78 to 82 in high school probably every single year from freshman year to senior year um i was supposed to go to i had like committed to a d3 in kentucky transylvania um was gonna go there and you know i had already told them i was coming and then in june before i was supposed to go um i got contacted by andrew wright who he's heading a player development in dominican right now for the yankees um, and like, he contacted me in like June, but maybe July, honestly, he was like, Hey, like, we want you to come play. And I was like, well, uh, you know, in my head it was like, all right, D2 is better than D3. I'm I, like, I have no, op- that's it. Like, that's my only option. Yeah. Charleston. Right? Yeah. University of Charleston. That's in Charleston, West Virginia, not Charleston, South Carolina. So not as nice, not as, uh, not as warm. Um, yeah. And then I got there and I mean, Andrew kind of probably took a jump he probably shouldn't have um i don't think i was worth it at the time i definitely i wouldn't make the team now for sure um but yeah that, i mean this is this is, a, this is a really good d2 program like if just if people don't know i mean at least yeah we, since we i've won. known about it, it it's it's been really really good yeah so my first year we won 16 games okay 16 out of 50 games we won 16 so okay yeah. Yeah. So it that, was, that was I mean, a big, that was a, he, I mean, obviously now it makes sense why he was picked up by the Yankees. Like the last few years that that program is, has done like what regionals conference yeah. championships, like, yeah. 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 But I mean, honestly, it was like a, it was like a huge credit to him because um, we butted heads pretty often early okay. on. Like why? once I decided, like uh, once I decided that, like, I, you know, I, I kind of want to, do the whole training thing. Like I'm kind of bought in on the whole, like I need to be better at baseball thing. And, um, you know, we, we needed each other really, to be honest, like, um, um, he was really open to learning about what I had to say. Like, I was like, okay, I think weighted balls are beneficial. And he would ask why. And, but he would want a reason. Like he was like, you're not going to do something just because he's like, so if you want to talk to me about it, you bring it to my office and you tell me about it, like, you don't, don't just do it. Just like, talk to me about it. Cause like he wanted to know. So like, I mean, dudes, I mean, he's legit. You can, you can respect that. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I, and we didn't butt heads on a level where like, I thought he was a douche or he probably thought I was a douche, but, <laughs> um, yeah, but like, it was just, we, I was going through so much because I, like I had TJ after my freshman year, I wanted to throw hard. I couldn't throw strikes. I had no proprioception. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, 
I was wanting to do lifting programs outside of the per like what the program wanted me to do. I was doing my own throwing and I I was I was difficult for sure. Like I I was definitely the problem child. You were the D two D two Trevor Bauer? Yeah, I, I like yeah, I mean I don't want to say like I wasn't I no, I was pretty bad. I was pretty bad. No, if, I just if if Andrew hears it, he'll be he'll be like, Yeah, hey. There, there was a point in time where I was, you know, excessive about what I was doing, but like, I, I didn't know any better and it was what I thought I needed to do. And at that point I was like, look, like if I throw 10 innings this year, like it is what it is. Like my goal is to throw as hard as possible. Like I'm probably going to walk a hundred guys in 10 innings, but like, I have to learn how to do it somehow. So I was I was really bought in on that and it I mean it took a long time to do both ends you know what I mean like like I needed to learn how to throw and I needed to learn how to throw hard like all the time and that was it was really difficult at first yeah and I mean yeah. all you, all you hear about is how that's not possible to do um to learn how to do both i mean it, listen it's hard i'm sure you could yeah. you could attest to that and i could even tell you from my own personal experience like i always threw hard and in high school and college but like i didn't never knew how to pitch like yeah it was never something for me i mean i went through the whole the yips thing and yeah. um it, it was it was a brutal process but um you said something once that really resonated with me um Bro, it's funny. Like you're gonna, you'll probably put a put a <laughs> smile on your face. But uh, when I was when I had Kyle Bodie on, I, I threw this out at him that you said. I didn't tell him who said it. I just said it that I said someone I work with said it, and he like <laughs> really like he really liked it. Um, he was like, I was like, oh, uh, you know, it's easy for these elite people with you know, with elite genes to say like, yeah. you know, learn how to just do things within the lines and be good at whatever. It's like, all right, dude, but like you have top 1% or top 0.01% of genetics. Like, yeah. You, and then you said this, like I'm, I threw, I threw 82. I sucked and I got full UCL reconstruction doing it the way that you're telling people to do it. Like, yeah. fuck, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do it this way and you could just fuck off. Like I, this yeah. is what I'm, this is what I'm doing and, and whatever. And I thought that was so awesome when you said that, like, yeah, and it really resonated with me. Like people don't have the luxury. A lot of people of like, listen, I'm, we're not on the show. I'm not, I'm not here to shit on Marcus Stroman for an hour, but like he is an elite athlete. Oh yeah. So, so elite first round, first round pick played shortstop and pitched or played second and pitched yeah. at a at a, a power at five Duke. school. Um, was like long Island player of the year. His dad's built like he's Ronnie Coleman a dump truck. Yeah. So like not everybody you know, has a 95 mile an hour running sinker that they can just say, okay, I'm going to learn how to locate. Like that's not, he's worked hard, but like his genes are good. Like he didn't have yeah, to, sure. he was probably throwing 90 at 15, 16. <laughs> like, so I, I love that you, that was your response to a lot of what was going around a couple months ago on Twitter yeah. with him about like doing things within the lines. It's like, I don't, I, I'm not here to say that i think it's the elite's way of trying to keep the non-elite out of their way yeah but i do think it's a misunderstanding that they don't understand that not everybody is like them and i could get that from that perspective that when you're a certain way you think everybody else is just like you right exactly yeah exactly and and you know um, i would never like discredit the work that marcus does i mean he's a freak you know what i mean like yeah he works hard and he's genetically like 
unbelievable. Like, to, I mean, to throw 95 at five foot, whatever he is, like, it's, I mean, he's really good. And he's, and he's one of the better pitchers in the league, I would say. I mean, but like, where I was, it was like, okay, I throw 82 and I have, done your balance drills bro like i have stood on the two by four and held my leg for three minutes before i still suck like at at some point something has to change like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results why would i why would i not change the process well it's like if i have a car that needs to drive 100 miles an hour to have success like that's the baseline right Yep. But all I ever do is just sit in the parking lot next to the high school and like practice K turns. Rave your like, engine. What What am I gonna do? Like I, I need to. Yes, that's important. Like yeah. I I need to be able to do that at some point. But it's a lot easier to say I'm gonna spend all my time focusing on that when my overall engine is where it needs to be. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. I mean, but there were so, there are so many things wrong with how I was. Like it was. And this is no, like, obviously this is no discredit to, you know, anyone who helped me before, but like, I was mechanically sound. I was 165 pounds at six foot three. So like, I mean, obviously there were problems, but it's not, I mean, it's not like there were underlying issues. Like I wasn't inefficient in mobility or anything like that. I'm just like, my dad tore UCL throwing BP to us when we were kids. <laughs> My little brother to- broke his elbow at the age of 11, I think, 11 or 10, 10 or 11, tore UCL again when he was 16 and had TJ2. Like, all three of us have tore our UCLs, all three of us. And it was just like, all right, it's going to happen. So, like, might as well do something about it now that I have a, a fixed one. You know what I mean? Like maybe this one will stand, but I just, it, it just felt so monotonous to me to do the same thing. Like, okay. Um, so-and-so does this drill, right? They do the towel drill for, you know, for namesake. Okay. So I'll do the towel drill. Okay. Well, I still suck. Okay. I'm gonna do the towel drill for another three months. Okay. I still suck. Okay, I'm gonna do the towel drill for another three months. Okay, I still suck. Like at at some point, you have to realize that okay, maybe this just isn't for you. Maybe you just suck at something else, or like there's so many options now too. Like you can literally go to any state in the country now and find someone who, albeit they probably don't have a motion capture lab or you know, state-of-the-art equipment. But, I mean, most guys, if they have a radar gun, (laughs) like, have some kind of feel of what they're doing and you're not doing pull-downs seven days a week, like, you'll probably just get better just because. Yeah, Yeah. and and I think the biggest thing is that, you know, hey, am I getting feedback when I talk to you? Like, am I echoing? No, you're good. All right, because I hear it on mine, and it's now I don't hear it. It's, it was kind of worrying me. I'll edit that out. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is that you mentioned, like, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm not getting better. Like, in, in SNC, we have, we test, we test. Like, if I test a vertical jump yeah. over and over and over again for an athlete for six straight months, and it's like, 
25, 25, 25, 25. All right. Well, if I didn't change my programming, like, all right, after the first time, I understand maybe you're like, okay, maybe it wasn't a good cycle and we want to just repeat it. But like if two times in a row, there's not something getting better, then I got to probably make a a change and audit my programming. And I think like you got to look at pitching or anything else the same way. Like what's the ROI? Like what, what am I getting out of it? Um, you have this re- UCL reconstruction. You're you're at 82 miles an hour now. Yep. Do you do you start to look into these other means after that? Like you were like, okay, like I've tried this. Now I'm hurt. Let's start seeing what else is out there. Was like, was that the the change for you? Was that UCL reconstruction? Honestly, there's so much free time. Like after you have surgery, my first because I mean they took so they took the ligament from my hamstring. So I was basically like bandaged up on my knee i couldn't really do anything it's not like i could go for a run or do anything like that um like i had so much free time honestly this is this sounds awful but this is the places i was at but it was like how to throw 90 miles per hour on google and i would just read and then it was like okay um i actually so i went to high school with dean and i followed him on instagram at that point and i was watching all the throwing stuff he was doing i was like all right this is pretty cool um, just kind of liked it. And then, you know, I would, I would just read stuff. And then I think from there, I, like I had watched like top velocity videos and I had been down like this stupid internet, like rabbit hole of what is velocity and all this kind of stuff. But like, um, then I started reading driveline blogs. Um, I would sit in class and read them actually. Like I had like a, British literature class and I would sit in class and read the blog articles instead of paying attention. Um, but like once I created, like I was like, okay, I'm interested in this. Like I, I like this. I don't like this. I think this is stupid and this just looks kind of cool. And I just kind of like it. You know what I mean? Like, like I love javelin training like that. The guys who throw javelin and they post their training stuff, it is so sick. And I just really liked all that. So I like, I wrote it down. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like throwing weighted balls. That looks cool. You know what I mean? But like I had so much free time after surgery that I was like, okay, I'm going to find something and I don't care what happens. You know what I mean? Just because I like, I am not genetically blessed at all. I, well, I mean, I, in some ways, yeah, like I'm, I'm the tallest person in the family. Um, but like, I'm, I'm, wasn't like a great athlete. I'm, I'd say I'm a decent athlete, but um, like it takes a while. Like for for me to continue, like progressing, I had to realize like, okay, I'm I am not Max Scherzer. I am not Jacob Degrom. I have to be Hunter Townsend. Like that is the only person I can be in this situation. So I have to find something that works for me. So I like. I started throwing again, started throwing off the mound after surgery. And I, I DM Dean. This is how a lot of my interactions go, right? I DM someone. Um, and so I DM Dean and I was like, Hey man, like I hate sucking at baseball and it kills me cause I love baseball, but I hate not being good. So like I, I I've looked at all your Instagram posts. Like, um, is there any way I can get in contact with, um, Luke Haggerty, which is the guy who runs X2. And he's like, Hey man, yeah, here's Luke's number. Uh, give him a call. And so like 
Dean basically put me on the track to be, be where I am now. Cause like, if it wasn't for him actually, you know, reaching out, like there's no telling what I would have done, but I ended up getting in contact with Luke and that was pretty much where it started. So I started training at X2 about three and a half years ago or so four, almost four years ago. So it's been, it's been a, a long time, but yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty much where it started. So this is like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so quick. Okay, hey, so background for the listeners, me and you met quote unquote met yet, yet to be in person. Yeah. Um, but we met basically raw, uh, Rob Friedman pitching ninja had started, uh, flat ground. And for those of the listeners, I'm sure most of them know what it is, but basically his, uh, free recruiting platform on Twitter, basically, um, uh, and, and was doing a bunch of things to kind of help build the audience for it. And a lot of the, the stuff that was going on were coaches who knew him were doing giveaways um, for the platform. It's like a cool thing to do as like an intro type thing. So I was honestly like at the time, it's funny. Those, those times were like at the time you think you were big, but like you look back three years later, almost or two and a half years later. And you're like, man, I you know. I like was nowhere near where I am now. And it's like, just kind of funny. But um, I remember like being like, Oh, like I'll do a giveaway for like, a, I think it was uh, six weeks of um remote coaching strength training with me uh for anybody that retweets or likes to tweet or whatever um so we did that and this was uh january of 2019 so a little over two years ago and basically you won um i remember you uh dm'd me and you were like hey sir (laughs) and i was like get the fuck out of here bro i'm like fucking I'm 24 years old. You ain't calling me fucking sir. Um, no, but you were like, hey, like, I, and it was cool. Like, it was flattering to me because at the time, like, seeing somebody that was already throwing, like, I think you were like 87 to 89 when we had first started working together. I want to say, like, that sounds about right to me, off the mound at least. Um, and to see somebody that, like, you know, was pitching at a D2 and was throwing up radies that, like, wanted to work with me to help take them further from there. Like that was kind of flattering for me. Like that. And you were kind of like, Hey, I've been following you for a while. So I thought that was really cool. And it was kind of like a moment for me where I was like, Oh shit. Like, you know, all right. Like I got to really help this kid. And um, like the pressure's on here. It wasn't like an 11 year old had won the giveaway. And it was like, all right, go like teach him how to sprint and do whatever. Like this was like some, some bigger, you know, time stuff. And we, we did the six weeks together and it was, you know, you liked it and you enjoyed it. And we, we kept on going two years, you know, from there. Um, and basically I I guess over the course of that time, um, whether it was, who knows how much it was, was due to what we did together, but, uh, you were 87 to 89. And I, you know, at the end of your shortened Corona D2 season or last D2 season, before you ended up transferring to, um, ETSU, you were throwing what 94 in games. Yeah, I was up to 95. Yeah, 95, yeah. Um, so now, sit, what would you say? If I, sitting, you were sitting 87, 89, roughly, give or take? Uh, yeah, I mean, that fall before that, I was, I had been up to a four. Like, I, it was just, it was rare. Like, I was, I would throw my first inning at 91, 93, and then I would throw a second inning at 86. I was just hurting. Yeah. I just, I wasn't moving. Like, I was, Obviously, I mean, it takes some kind of good movements to throw 94, but at the same time, I wasn't, I wasn't efficient. I just, 
there was something wrong. I don't know what it was. And I don't really care to go back and look, to be quite honest. Um, but I just wasn't moving good. And that was basically what I needed to learn how to do. So, yeah. So uh, I, I know for a fact that something we did that, and, and I don't really ever even think like this is a big secret or I think I'm like some genius for this at all. It's just something that I do. And I'm very passionate, honestly, like the experience that we had together has made me even more passionate about like really hounding people about this. But like yeah. you had never, I think the biggest difference in terms of us, our training together and what you'd ever done before to this point was the, the sprint training, the plyometrics, right? Yeah. Like that, that was something very different for you that you were like, okay, like I've never done this before. Yeah. Um, were you kind of like, you're pretty open-minded and you'll, you'll try anything that you think is going to yep. help you. But when I kind of started programming for you, did that tend to take you by surprise and you were kind of a little like mm-hmm. eh about it or you were like, all right, let's fucking do it. Uh, I'm not really one. I'm, I like to consider myself like a, I don't know. I, I, I will, I will do literally anything, right? Like if you told me that for me to throw a hundred miles an hour, I needed to be able to jump from ground floor of my apartment complex to the top of the building. I would find some way to do it. I don't care how it's done. I don't care what I have to do to do it, but I will find a way. Like that was like one of the easiest things for me to do as an athlete was to just buy in, right? Okay. This guy believes I can do it, right? I'm paying him money. Like, obviously, after we were, after we did the thing, <laughs> you were paid. You know what I mean? Like, I am paying him money to help me get better. Why would I not do it? You know what I mean? Like, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, like if I write something for a guy, right? And uh, he's like, hey, like, I don't want to do this. Okay. Why? Like, do you have a good reason? And then you explain your reason. I'll either, like, okay, like, if you don't want to do it, sure, let's find something else. But at the same time, it's kind of like, do you not want to do it because you just are afraid of it or you just don't care that much? Cause like, I mean, we started doing some, some overhead pressing, right. And like, everyone was like, Oh, why are you doing that? And I was like, dude, cause he thinks I'm gonna throw a hundred. If I do this, like, why would I not? Like it's to me, it doesn't make any sense as like, if you said, okay, here's the plows I need you to do. Here's the sprints. Oh yeah. And you have some overhead pressing you have to do. I'll just be like, okay, sick. Let's do it. Don't really care. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Like there's no, there's no alternative in my mind. You know what I mean? Maybe that's, it's, it might be wrong thinking, but I don't think it is. I I think there's, there's no other option in this game. If you want to be better right now, then better, like, good enough to make it right. Good enough to get drafted, good enough to even sign a free agent deal. You have to be so good that you, you have no choice, but to do literally anything you can to get a, just a 0.1% better. So you're like, Hey, like, you know, I think, I mean, these plyos are, are really going to do it for you. Like, um, like we need to bring some athleticism in your body. You need some, you need some contrast. And I just, I was like, okay, like I'm on board. You, you didn't even have to tell me why, you know what I mean? But it was one of those things that I took from you and I started programming guys like 
using the same way. Like, okay, like I understand why this works now. Like I understand that this contrast is doing this. I understand that we're doing this biometric to, you know, give off this kind of force or I'm trying to do this because it's this kind of a movement and this kind of plane. Like I understand it. So it was like, okay, I did it. It worked. I liked it. It helped me get better. What can I do for someone else? And so that, I mean, to me, it was like a, there was like a no doubt in my mind. Like, dude, you could have put, I don't even know, something stupid on there. Just absolutely ridiculous. Think of the most ridiculous lift you can think of. If you'd have put it on there, I would have just done it. You did yeah, program yeah. me BOSU ball pushups one, that one time. So <laughs> I just thought I would bring that to attention. Uh, <laughs> was that was that you who had reached out to me and was like, is this like, are you fucking with me? Or is this actually serious? I, no joke, no joke. I thought you were I think that was you. I'm saying, I think it was yeah. you who texted me. It was like, you sent me a picture. I was like, are you fucking with me? Or is this like, actually, do you want me to do this? I and like, I was like, serious. There is no way in hell this guy wants me to do a BOSU ball push-up. I swear to God. After, after I've heard the shit yeah. he's talked about BOSU this, balls for two this years. This dude has made tweets every day for three years about how much he hates BOSU balls. And I got BOSU ball push-ups. So I was like, get get the hell out of here. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, no, you know what it is, too? Like, you um, – I mean, you've seen me tweet about uh, the kid Matt McDermott a lot. Um, mm-hmm. He's one of my college guys. Like, I love – like trying new things with you guys, you know, and, and it's because I know that you're going to do it right. Um, you're going to have fun trying it. Cause you're going to be like, okay, like all, all the other shit that we've done to this point has worked. Like maybe he's onto something here. Um, and, and I kind of like, I'm not going to know if it's good unless we give it a shot. Yeah. Like I got to see it attempted to be executed and, and like five percent of the time my mind thinks of something and like when i try to see it get done it doesn't work the way i want it to and there's other times where like like burtis i had burtis do that bad yep. accelerated lateral jump and like he sent me the video and i saw how fast it pulled him out of the lateral jump and i was like oh my god like that couldn't have gone any better <laughs> like that was how i wanted it to, when i when i saw it in my head right there like there yep. there are times when that happens that way and you're like oh like that's great and there are times like i see one or two reps i'm like nah scrap that like that's not like doing what i thought it was going to do or like the movement i thought could actually happen isn't possible um whatever and i i think the other thing too is like you mentioned like the overhead pressing like you would yeah. look at me and you said hey like i'm at x2 we, we benched um and and i liked it and i did fine with those like, all right let's, let's bench press um i was never against bench pressing i think i've become more into it over the last two years i think to be the best way to describe it uh never was against it use it more now that'd kind of be how i would uh describe my my relationship with that and i think part of it was me honestly just getting over the fear of being judged by pitching coaches like i love the exercise but it was like i don't want pitching coaches to be afraid to send their guys to me because they see it and don't like it and i was like you know what after a certain point like fuck them i don't give a shit like the results are there. And if they don't want me to do it with them, then I guess their athlete doesn't get a chance to work with me. And that sucks for them. Like yeah. that was kind of what I started really taking into it. Uh, mindset wise. And I even remember like you would joke around with me and be like, 
you know, we were texting and talking like almost every day, every other day, whatever. And you'd be like, Hey, like, yeah, I'm doing some of this stuff. And people are looking at me in the gym, like, what the fuck? And they're like, eh, you're throwing gas. Like, I guess it works. <laughs> just, just do whatever you want. Like some of the contrast stuff or like even something I posted this a few weeks back um, that I went back and I looked through uh, some of my old photos and videos. And it yep. was the, the contrast pairing we did where I had you do a seated overcoming ISO military press. Like who the fuck's doing that? Yeah. Um, into an Very over nice. an overhead press with a med ball. And I mean, like, listen, there's only so many times I'm going to listen to really good pitching coaches talk about vertical scap um, movement and, and not try to get better at that in my programming. Like I can only hear about it so many times to not do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it was like, I'm going to try this with you. Like the contrast stuff we had a lot of success with. And I think the other thing too, like I definitely want to talk more about the sprints and the jumps. Like, you know, I, I, bro, I've said this so many times, like if you're a rotational athlete, like a golfer, a, a pitcher, um, someone who thinks like conventionally, like, oh, I have nothing to gain from sprinting because I don't need to sprint fast for my sport. Like you are missing such a big piece of like one of the easiest bang for your buck, lower body power variations. Like I think with you, like I didn't give a shit what your mechanics looked like. Like I never <laughs> – I never got back to you and was like, hey, your foot needs to go here with your sprint. Because I, I knew, like, that wasn't something I really cared about. With you, it was more so, like, I want you to do this activity so that you get more power out of your body. Like, I didn't need you to have your foot slot back under your hip and have perfect acceleration mechanics. I just needed you to run as hard as you could for 10 yards. Yep. Um, Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm going through the, my mental vault right now. Like, the different lateral jump pogos and the plyos we did and – um, all that type of stuff, like, you know, getting you on a, a program where like two times a week you were doing dynamic movements. Like, I think that's such a big thing. And I know Dean's huge into this. And we, we, this is why we've related so well, um, yeah. since I've gotten to know him, like we really believe in a lot of the same stuff. Um, like I learned from him, like he sees stuff that I post and he likes it. Like, it's really been a cool relationship. Yeah. Um, but like on making pitchers understand that one, they need S and C. Like that's the first barrier we have to cross, right? Like they they need that. But I think the second thing after that, though, is it's more than just the lifting. Yeah. And I think if I don't know if you would agree with this, I, I'm pretty sure you would. But like you were in a I'm gonna lift S and C mode, and then we started working together, and it was Verkashansky, plyometrics, sprints, contrast yep. training, like. I think, would you say that was the biggest add-on for you in terms of what we did together, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely the plows and contrast. I'd say I wasn't, we weren't bad before. Um, like, I wasn't doing something that was. Oh, no, not by not by any means. You, you were doing really good stuff. I'm just saying, like, if, yeah. if, I, if we're telling this story and we're looking in your timeline of things you change along the way, like. Working with me, would you say the plyometrics and the sprints were like the, the, at least the style of them were the biggest thing? Yeah, for sure. No, that's no, that's your thing, man. When I um, so when I first started following you, I actually um, one of my buddies, his name's Nick Zappla. He he had followed yes. you before, and we were training at X two together. And he was like, "Yo, you need to follow this guy. He's dope." I was like, "All right." I'll check it out. Let's see who he's got. And it was like, that shit, that shit like that still blows my mind, man. It was like sleds and sprints. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of sick. And he's like, yeah, dude, this guy's legit. And then like, it was literally like four months later, like I had won the flag ground giveaway and I was like, all right, well, yeah. Isn't it crazy I'm, how life works? Yeah, no, it's, it was unreal. 
Bro, I can't tell you, man. Like, it's still. I don't. I don't think there'll ever be a day in my life where like stuff like that doesn't really blow my mind. That like people think I actually provide enough value to be like, oh, go follow that dude. And it's like, <laughs> no, but seriously, like you you go through this whole process of like you just want to help people and like yeah. listen. I, I I think people are full of shit that are out there that are just like, oh, I'm only in it to help people, help people, help people. Like, I, yeah, I want to grow my name and my business. I have to make a living, and like yeah. it's all part of it. But like, I think if you just share the right information, you're going to help people and you're going to grow your business just from explaining what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, but like, if you're not doing years of free work, then you're not just in it to help people. Like, I mean, yeah. And, and I was, I did two, I was already in the industry for two and a half years and I did the first six weeks with you for free. Like that's how yeah, you that's build what, relationships. That's what I'm saying. Like it, like, yeah, there's like, you want to grow your business. You want to expand, you know, everyone wants to make money. They're like, is the easiest thing to know is that everyone wants to make money. It doesn't matter what business you're in or what industry you do. Everyone's in it to make money. So saying like when people are like, oh yeah, I just love working with athletes. That's why I do this. And it's like, dude, shut up. Like <laughs> you're, you're trying to make 300 K this year. Like you're not like, yeah, you might like working with the athletes, but I mean, you, there, there's at some point where you want to make money. Yeah, I mean, you'd be an idiot not to. Like, if you're good at yeah. what you do, it's it's totally Especially. fine to, to to make money from it. Um, I I think though, like the the coolest thing for me is like, I I definitely think the next step in terms of like people who I, this has been a mindset change for me. Like, the strength coach who's like insertion point, origin of the muscles, like yeah. this, 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 and this, like. I think that, yeah, that's important. But when we're talking about helping athletes, dynamic movement and understanding it is the biggest thing for me. Like, I really firmly believe that the industry is trending in a way, even with pitchers, I I personally, in terms of who they work with, like a guy who understands sprints and and studies track athletes and plyometrics and is really big on Berkashansky and like all of that type of work. Like, that's the next big thing because, you know, just it, when I watch a guy pitch and how dynamic and explosive it is, like there's, there's gotta be way more to it than a three second eccentric split squat. Like, <laughs> Oh, like, all right, dude, like your right hip does this when you throw and your left one does this. So we're going to do this with the split squat. Yeah, dude. But the speed is like times 50 when they're pitching versus the yep. tempo you have them doing in their split squat. Like yeah, I don't tension just doesn't make sense. I don't care. Yeah. Like they're dude, listen, there is a role for that in the program, work, work capacity, like hypertrophy, whatever it is. I just think that like you're at such a loss if you think that is the most relatable thing to helping your pitchers versus anything else like like doing frontal plane plyometrics and working on all that types of stuff. And I just think yeah. that like we're, we're moving in the trend of, of that needing to be important, like. I looked at, I'm a big Yankee fan. Like you see guys like judge and Stanton having these injury problems and you yeah. think back, you think of the sport and you're like, okay, well one of them's a DH and one of them plays right field and might not move for a legitimate two innings. Like you might, you literally might not have a ball hit to you other than just jogging into the dugout. Yes. And he then gets up to the plate and he's six foot seven, 280 pounds, or doesn't even have to be that big. Anybody else in the big leagues has such power when they rotate and swing. Yep. You just haven't moved for that period of time, or at least moved that explosively for a long time. And now you're all of a sudden going to do it rapidly and you pull something. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I think that 
the biggest key right now to stopping or, or at least reducing some of these injuries that are happening in the big leagues is intra-game dynamic movement prep before you hit because you cannot be at zero and then just crank it and right. expect yeah. that something's not going to happen. And I think part of what's going to help that is more of this non-traditional approach to what these athletes are doing, what these pitchers are doing. Um, like, I think it's really big. Like, talking to a guy like Bobby Stroop, who worked with Noah Syndergaard for an offseason, um, bro, like, I'll, I'll even, like, that. there's some stuff I can't share on on air with you about that, but I'll talk to you about it a little bit. Um, like, some of the stuff that, like, you know, Noah had done before and wasn't doing, and he went to Bobby, and Bobby, obviously, as you know, like, works with a lot of football players. Yeah. And there, he's really good with the sprints and the plyometrics and making his athletes more explosive and movement solution stuff. And the the type of dynamics that they were able to implement into Noah's movement profile and how it helped him, like that that tough stuff to me is is pretty damn crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of benefit, so like I, I think that's the, that's the next trend and where we're moving in in terms of like the SNCs that can help. Like, I don't even like to think of it as SNC. Like, I think strength conditioning is, uh, and I have some coaches that definitely agree with me on this. Um, it's sports performance to yeah. me, like that's involving sprints. That's involving jumps. I think of SNC is like weights only. I don't know. It's just kind of how I, how I think of it. it I know some people disagree with me, but. It, it definitely comes off that way for sure. Um, but I mean, if you're an, if you're an, an actual SNC, I think you should understand the movements of the sport so that way you can help. I mean, you should be helping on the field yes. as much as you are off of it. Like there's no, like when I, so the guys that I program for, like I should be able to understand their, their movements. Like, okay, I understand the driveline phase. I need to understand how we can train and adapt that, you know, weight room setting, not that you're going to do that, but um, just an example, like I need to understand, like, um, like I just, I, I need to understand how they're, they're moving like on the field, like, okay, this guy sucks at this, right? Like I have, so I have a a guy that I write for, he's like one of my best friends. Like, he's the easiest person to write for because he is the best athlete ever. Like he's just so good at everything. His only fault is that he throws sidearm. And uh, one of my other friends was literally bumming his lifts. Like he was like, yo, let me see what Hunter wrote for you just so I can do these. And I was like, all right, um, go ahead. I, I don't really care. And um, he's he was like, like a thumbing lefty, throws like 80 to 82. And uh, he hit 88 this past week. He has the worst front leg of all time. <laughs> the like actually drags his back knee on the ground like has to wear a knee brace because he drags his knee on the ground and he'll shred his knee so he started doing lifts and i watched video of him throwing and his brace has gotten better his turn has gotten better he's like land like landing almost at a brace at foot strike and i was like all right this guy has gotten better because he's done someone else's lifts but like i understand because the way i was programming the sidearm guy was like he okay he needed he needed to work on his brace like his braces isn't great like it's 
it's good, but it's not elite. And I want it to be elite. So we did some stuff to, you know, work on it. Cause there's no point of me like not taking his deficiencies to the weight room. So yeah. I, I yeah. think like if you're, if you're S and C and you don't know that kind of stuff, then you're missing out on like the biggest portion of training. Like you should understand like, okay, this player has X deficiency and I need to do Y to do it. Like to me, it, se- it seems that simple, but obviously it's not, but it, to, to me, I think, I think that's, that's massive. Yeah. And that was a big change for me too. It's like just realizing that lateral jumps, rotational throws, like some of the stuff that we did, like seeing you move, like, you know, pogo jump, land, lateral jump, like stuff like that. It's like you watch the movement itself of pitching. You're like, how can I say that doesn't relate? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I don't know, like just being willing to like, like how cool was it when, at least I thought it was really cool when you were, you were transferring. So, so basically now let's speed it up a little bit. Yeah. You, you make these tremendous gains and, and we'll, we'll earmark this because I want to talk about this before we wrap up, but um, you make these tremendous gains. We have good success together. You are doing some great stuff with your throwing programming. And uh, I, and what I want to earmark is, you know, talking a little bit about your throwing programming and also how we kind of like work together to figure out like the schedule that was best for you of the two kind of mixing together. Um, but you do all this work and now like dream come true. Like you're, we, we tweet a couple videos out. Um, I think the big, the big one was Rob retweeted it for us. Rob. Um, and I, I, I texted him and I was like, Hey, like got a big video of Hunter out. Like the dude literally is sitting 93 to 94 now. Um, you know, this is really cool. Like, 2700 rpm slider like like shit's getting pretty crazy uh, i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you this, i'm gonna tweet you tweet this video and tag you in it he he retweets it you talk to ohio state you talk to um i think it was Pitt. um yeah. obviously etsu like bro it, the how cool that is from so many different point standpoints but like you obviously get to this point because you bust your ass, like you you yeah. research, you learn, you do all your – the fact that you got from 82 – I mean, obviously, Luke was a really big help to you and you learned a lot from reaching oh, yeah. out to guys like Dean and stuff. But, like, you, for a long amount of time, programmed on your own. Yep. Right? Yep. So how rewarding that process is, and I think I want the listeners to come away with that, is, like, if you research and do the right things and even if you put it together yourself, like, you know, the fruits of your labor will be there. But – you go through this entire process and you settle on ETSU is like, that's where you want to go and do your grad yep. year uh, where you are right now. And I remember the strength coach, great guy. Yes. Um, Tom, if, if guys, if you don't know Tom, go, go check him out at ETSU. Um, I, I, I want to say his last name so badly, but I'm going to fuck it up. and butcher it. Malinsky. Is, is it that simple? Cause I it's think that's it. how you say it. Thomas. Right. I'm so sorry. His, his, his father, a little did I know, until I saw tweets on on Twitter today. I hate saying tweets on Twitter. Like, where the fuck else would I see tweets? Um, it was with the Jaguars. Yeah, I did yeah, not know that. Like, yeah, like like a little bit. Talk about a pedigree, huh? It's like yeah. having your, uh, you know, being uh, the the son of Dwayne Wade, and you would play basketball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he reaches out to me, yep. and he's like, "Hey, Hunter's coming in." Um, heard he works with you. Like he had known of me before, um, 
before all of this, like wanted to kind of get a feel from you for like what he's done. One shout out to him. That's just awesome that like yep. he's the kind of person to do that. Um, it made me feel really good that a guy at a, at a division one school wanted my opinion on something. And like, it was obviously great for you because, you know, he knew what you had been doing. And we kind of like, I kind of explained to him like, Hey, I really think a key for him to continue to be where he is, is to make sure he doesn't lose this stuff in his programming. Yep. And he gave you different stuff to make sure of that. Like, yep. like you, I think you told me this, like you implemented these uh, more sprints and jumps than I guess anyone else would probably do in the program because he knew that you needed to do that type of stuff and how like you had your own things that you were doing. Yep. Um, like, I think that's so cool. And, you know, for, for us to be able to work together for him and I to talk and make sure that like, you were doing what you needed to do. Like, I think that's a, that's a really important part of important part of the, this entire process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thomas makes, he makes everything easy first off. So uh, we were dealing with some stuff the past couple of weeks and he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, and then obviously like I had reached out to you and he was like, what did he say? Okay. He said that, okay, this is what we're doing. You yeah, know what I mean, like it wasn't. There was no. There was. There was, no there was a long chain there. I reached out to Terry Phillips. Uh, <laughs> um, he gave me some stuff for you to do, and then I kind of just thought back to like what we were doing a lot of when we were yeah. training, and we never had the issue. And I was like, we were doing. We were doing a lot of unilateral pushing and pulling. Yep. Um. You know, I gave you the stuff that Terry said, and shout out Terry. He's he's a goat. Um, yeah. Another really good friend of mine. Um. And just you know, obviously you reported to Thomas and. You haven't texted me that it's been persisting at all. It's the first we've talked nope. of it since then. So yep. I think we got it under control from, from those context clues. Thanks. So. Um, but that like that's awesome, man. Like, shout out to Thomas. Like, bro, the, people need to understand that when you don't have an ego, like, how easy could it have been for him to be like, no, I, I know what I'm doing. This is yep. what we're doing, Hunter. My, my or, dad is, uh, you know, uh, NFL S&C coach. I yeah. Know. Like, like well, you don't know anything. You know what I mean? I know what I'm doing. Or I could have been like, no, I'm not telling you what we did. Like, that's a secret. Yeah. Like, well, what the fuck? Like, no. Like, the, the, first of all, I'm like I said before, like, I'm not some fucking genius here. Like, it's pretty simple stuff, Um, at least at the surface level, like the dog process behind it. Like, yeah. I, I guess more what I'm trying to say is, like, go take my programming and give it out to everybody. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know where to go from there after that week is up. Like, what's the next thought process? Right. Yeah. Like, that's that's the key of it. Um, but even like something like I talked about Burtis before, like we're doing work now. And the biggest change that I've made for him is just getting him on a good schedule. Like yeah. a guy that throws upper nineties that had ripped his CNS apart so much that we started working together two weeks ago and he was sitting at 90, 91. And cause he had literally just destroyed his nervous system and he blew it out. And this week he gets on the mound and he's back up to 93. So it's like, we're resurrecting his nervous system. Like hopefully it's 90, it's 95 next week, but like that's going to bode so well for him. And I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is it's such a simple thing um, that he needed to do is just get on a good schedule, like managing his nervous system. Um, what would you say like for you and what we did, your throwing programming, like tips you have for, for any pitchers or coaches out there that are like, okay, like how do I want to best manage what I'm doing on the mound or with my throwing and what I'm doing with my SNC to make sure that I'm not overworking it and that everything's kind of balanced off the way that it's supposed to be? Uh, first off, you need to lay off the booze. If you're a college athlete and you 
have the opportunity to spend money on training and you would rather spend your money on booze then it's probably not for you to be quite honest. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty harsh. Like, um, you know, I've had a couple guys tell me that they can't afford $30 a month. So, um, I mean, that's literally bare minimum and, um, you need to understand the ebbs and flows of your body. Um, you know, I, I wore a whoop for a little while, so I kind of understood like, you know, what my stress levels were on certain days and what I needed to do to recover. And then I basically, what I did for throwing is I just changed the formatting of it based off of recovery for, I did that for probably about six months and it was, it was okay. I, I think there are times where I was a little too generous from using the whoop, like whoop would say, I, like my recovery is like 42% one day and I would feel great. Like, mm-hmm. and I'll, it was, I mean, it's a good, is a good measurement of my recovery, but like there are times where I could have done more, which I should have done more. And, but you know, understanding how you need to like, if I have a, so I had a live outing yesterday. Um, today I'm going to do, uh, I did recovery pool workout already this morning. Um, I have recovery throwing. I will do, uh, like some recovery mobility stuff. And that's pretty much it for the day. Like I'm not going to, I'm not really going to do that much today. Like my body needs to at least get somewhere near homeostasis at some point. Because, we did a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, we like the circuit, the aerobic circuits and stuff like yeah, that was some, during season. Like, I mean, your body's pretty much shot. Yeah. A week. So it's, it's, it's difficult to say because some guys like some guys can just recover immediately. Like some guys, they just feel good all the time after throwing you know 40 pitches and they show up the next day and they're like yo i can throw 40 again today and be the same below and be the same person um so if you're not that person don't try and be that person like there's no it's you're just asking for yourself to get hurt at that point i would say but yeah i mean if you really don't understand the cns you really won't understand how your training should be scheduled i would say um, because we, you and me had worked on our scheduling where our high CNS days were, they were high, they were taxing. And then the low CNS days were, you know, aerobic recovery work that, you know, it didn't, it mean it took me 40 minutes to do. Um, I wasn't in there long and it just, I mean, basically we, we just kind of used it as a heart rate kind of thing and a movement thing and went from there. And I think it's, that's a pretty easy way to help your body stay in shape during season as far as recovery is concerned, which is pretty important if you're trying to make outings, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you trash your CNS all week and then you try and show up for an outing and you were 1994 last week and then you show up this week and you're 87, 88, like you now have a problem. It's so, it's so volatile. People don't realize it, man. It's just, it's, it's incredible. And you know what a big thing I realized too? Like I told Burtis, I was like, listen, dude, let's think about it this way. 
you're a pitcher. Your most important thing you do in a given week is your pitching, right? Yep. hundred percent. If I need to sacrifice a little bit of the quote unquote effectiveness of my high CNS training lifting day. Yep. Because I'm putting it after my high CNS pitching day, like literally like I would say I have a velo day on a Monday, right? Yep. And I would tell him, okay, you're going to think this is crazy, but you're going to do your high CNS lifting day after that on Monday. Here's why. Here's why. You're going to throw again. Let's just say you threw again Wednesday and you have another high velo day on Friday, right? Yep. If I do my, let's just say I tried to throw my high velo day Monday, not do anything lifting wise, took Tuesday off to recover my CNS and then went high CNS training day Wednesday. Yep. One, I'm going to put myself in a spot where I can't get enough done. But then the second thing is, am I going to jeopardize my second velo day on Friday? To whereas I looked at it, okay, if I'm using my CNS, I got to use it. And like, I'd rather really hit it hard on a Monday, take Tuesday totally off, do aerobic, or I'm sorry, take Tuesday as an aerobic recovery day, uh, Wednesday as another high CNS day, and then let Thursday be totally off. So that I'm ready to go for Friday again for my uh, pitching, right? Yep. And we would put that high CNS training day after the the high velocity on a Monday. So the CNS gets wrecked in that one day. It's like on a fenced in. And then we work after that. I, I think that if I tried to separate those and say, okay, my high CNS lifting days are going to be on different days of my high CNS throwing days, which is what he was doing before that. Yep. I run out of time. I, I, I get to the point where it's like I can't allow my body enough time to recover. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and I think that's a big key that a lot of people are going to think goes against conventional wisdom. But it's like, no, like I'm going to throw my 30 pitches in my high velo day, get my plows and sprints in after that. And, yeah, maybe my plows and sprints will be a little less lesser than what they could be because I just threw beforehand. But I'm most definitely not going to do those before I pitch. And make my my throwing suck. I'm an athlete first. I'm a pitcher first, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to do it the day after because then two days in a row I'm tanking my nervous system. Yeah. Like I think that's what we have to realize. Like that's something I've learned for sure, and that I've been implementing a lot. We did it, me and you. Yeah. Um, and now I'm doing it with him. Like I think that's a really big key. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but like, I mean, I, I think you do because we did it. But um, <laughs> like that's something I really want to get across to um the listeners and and people that are out there programming like you gotta understand that um you can't have four or five high cns days throughout the week whether they're lifting or pitching like high cns is high cns like yep. you, you gotta just start clustering some stuff together so you have off days yeah and i think one of the, a bullpen is a high cns day by the way just so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, 100%. if you're if you're throwing a bullpen with no intention of well, just no intent, honestly, but that's a high CNS day because I'm doing something like, like, um, I've spent the past two weeks throwing sliders as physically hard as I can because I've wanted to, I I want, I want 3000 RPMs easy. And I, like, I got it, but like, you know what I mean? Like I am, I don't, I don't have it if I'm throwing Monday and Sunday yeah. was a crazy sprint and jump day. Maybe, maybe one week I can, I can step in shade and get lucky. And then I do. Yeah. Um, but odds are if that's a week in and week out behavior, I'm not going to, right? 
yeah, my bullpen's on Tuesday and, and I trash my CNS on Monday, then I'm going to throw muffin sliders that are <laughs> trash. Like I'm not getting any better doing that. So like, what does it matter? Like your, your bullpen's your high CNS, you have your lifts to your high CNS and you have your live outing or, you know, a velo day or whatever it is for that time period. But like you like the CNS has to be so programmed in with the throwing as well as the lifting that you that's the only that's the only way that you'll ever reach like any sort of recovery because if not you're just going to be trashed all the time you feel like garbage seven days out of the week and how do you expect to throw hard if you feel like garbage or how do you expect to throw good if you feel like garbage you know what i mean yeah no for sure and that's like you said a bullpen's a high cns day like if I'm saying a jump and a sprint is high CNS, then a really ballistic movement like pitching is obviously high CNS. You got you got to understand that. And again, like I said, I'd rather throw 30 pitches and have a slightly diminished speed day, but they're done in one day so that I can rest and be ready for my next throw day. Like yeah. that—that's that's the matters biggest key. Everything. Performance matters over everything. Yeah. Right? So at the because in this game, you're either getting results or you're not. Refresh a hundred percent. Refresh my memory. How many high CNS days were we running? Like two, mm, two, yeah, two, and they were all based off of when I was throwing. So yeah, I, and, upper, I, and we were going upper lower. Like I would have yeah. you go, especially when we were contrast training. It'd be like here's an upper contrast day, here's a lower contrast day. Uh, I think the only time that would change is when you were throwing less in the beginning of an off season. Yep, pretty much. That would be the only time that anything like that would have ever changed. And then people would say, okay, well, how are you get? how are you working the muscles in that? I was like, all right, on um, some of those aerobic recovery days, like it'd be less, maybe less mobility based and more like dumbbell push up, inverted yep. row. So like you could still work your muscles, but not rip apart your nervous system. Yeah. So at some point you have to recover, right? Like yeah. there has, there's some line. Just um, like I said, at the end of the day. That's all it was though. Like you, when you were throwing a lot, it was four training days, high, low, high, low. Yep. I think there's a lot of people now that have actually gotten away. Like we don't, we don't even have four training days here, which is fine with me right now. Cause I have yeah. a starter work, I have a starter workload, so it's kind of different. Um, but there are a lot of people that don't actually do four work days in a week. And I can tell you every single one of my guys has four work days in a week and it's not for everyone for sure. But like in my mind, there is something in those four days that you can do better. Right. So if you have two high CNS days, you have a low CNS day. Okay. Well, maybe this low, one of these low CNS days is a movement kind of CNS day. And I'm trying to get something out of you. Like, uh, like you suck at hip shoulders. So we're doing some kind of rotational work where I'm limiting movement of your upper body or something like that. You know what I mean? And I think. It's, I mean, it obviously it depends, but I, I love four days in a week because it's four days where I'm not just bored. You know what I mean? So like, I don't have, like, that's like an extra hour and a half. That I don't have to go do homework or something stupid, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so like, I'm, I'm trying to find my way out of doing that at any cost. So I, I love four work days. Yeah. It, it, it's just, understanding that not every day that needs to be balls to the wall. And I think the biggest takeaway too, is like, just communicate. Like we always talk, you'd I'd say, what's your schedule? Like what bird is now? It's like, okay, what's your weekly schedule? All right. I'm doing this and this and on this day. And then I'm gonna say, okay, like 
here's the days you're doing this. And on a schedule, I write Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, whatever the hell the days are. Um, and just understanding that, like, it, it's it's fun to have him, re, you know, text me, like, after the aerobic recovery circuits, which are some of my favorite things to, to program, um, and him be like, man, like, I feel so much better. Like, <laughs> like for him to even say, like, hey, like, I, he was, he's obviously really hard on himself. And for him to be like, man, I should, be, I throw high 90s usually, and I only yeah. threw 93 this week, but then also understand that he was throwing 90, 91 the week before, and we bumped up two miles an hour, and that he's already starting to feel better with his body and his nervous system. Like, that's big. Like yeah. that, if if that's the one takeaway he gets from me, cause he's already really elite and like, I'm doing just a little bit to help him. Like I, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? For if sure. that's like the little piece of the puzzle that I helped put in place for him, then that's like, I did my job. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, it's something that I said the other day that I think people don't realize, like there is so such a low bar, even with pro level athletes sometimes and what they've been exposed to and what they've done that a good strength and conditioning coach can help in way more ways than they would think. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were shocked. I was talking to you about it. You were like, he didn't have a schedule. I'm like, nah, I think he just kind of let it eat. And that was kind of it. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, there's a hundred, like, I mean, I just kind of figured, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of one of those things. Like I just kind of figured. Yeah. You're, you're talking to a guy that can legitimately make a big league roster. Like he's, yeah, 100%. he's legit. And he didn't have a, a good, uh, a schedule. Yeah, like, that's kind of crazy to me to think about. I mean, because, like, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not, you know, I don't throw 100 like her does. So, like, to me, and, like, I have a super schedule, you know, what I mean? like, like I am, I am mapped out every day. Like, I have time slots and all, like, and my week is planned before I ever do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not showing up on the day and just doing something like like I already know what I'm going to do. So to me, like a guy who like, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, he throws a hundred, I throw 96. So to me, it was kind of like, ah, he's, he should have a probably better schedule than I do. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of one of those things I, I assumed. Yeah, no, I would have, I would have as well. And, uh, that was kind of like what I was told going in, like he needs you because of this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. All right. So wrapping things up here, I think this was awesome. Um, you know, just kind of getting a little bit into your story, the philosophies, like, you know, a lot of takeaways for anybody listening to this, that whether they're on the S and C side, whether they're on the pitching side, whatever it is. Um, if you had to give a piece of advice other than the stuff that we've already talked about to any pitchers listening to this, um, or any coaches even too, for that matter, because you're also helping a lot of your former teammates. Um, what would it be? Oof. Uh, Sorry, I just put you on the spot there. Yeah, it's tough. I don't, I mean, oof. You can plead the fifth if you want. No, 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 no. I'm here. I got to give it. <laughs> I'm, I showed up. I ramble a lot. I might as well give an answer. Um, honestly, the, the, the joking side would be like eat Arby's and die. But to be quite <laughs> honest, uh, you sh- I mean, if you're just not trying to throw shit as hard as you can, then you're wasting your time. Uh, the curve, like the curve is only going up. Like guys are literally only getting better. So if your goal is to make it right, like that, like that's my goal, right? Like, I, like I want to make it. Like I, like probably kind of foolish. I'm 24. 
you know, 60 year grad student, but like I bet on myself enough to like say like, okay, that's my goal. Um, if you're not trying to do every single little thing with the best intentions that you have, like you're wasting your time. You're, you're wasting your trainer's time. You're wasting your school's time. You're wasting your coach's time. It only seems logical to like every, every pitch I throw is I am throwing this as physically hard as I can because I have no other option. If I'm like, I am notorious. I love throwing a, a good middle, middle fastball. That is my favorite. And, um, if I'm going to throw the ball, down the dick it better be as hard as i can because if not i'm getting absolutely shelled right like if all i have today is a three it is going to be the hardest three you've ever seen in your entire life <laughs> you could you could also mentally speaking too if you're just intent you're in an intensity type of guy it looks faster yeah. too right yeah i mean i move fast like that's my whole thing now i i literally i changed everything about my like whole mechanical scheme because i said okay let's all right trevor bauer's my favorite big leaguer right now right because he's the goat um and like you know he he pretty much paved the way for this becoming mainstream the whole training with weighted balls thing you know the driveline like going to driveline and all that kind of stuff um and i was like okay he throws like this why he moves kind of fast he moves kind of quick he's pretty he like seems twitchy but when he throw when he was throwing, he so I watched an outing this past year where he was throwing him Milwaukee, and Sam Gunn had him at like ninety one, ninety two, and I was like, dude, there is no way that is ninety one, ninety two. That's that was the exact thing that I think in my head right now, where I'm like, okay, if this is only going to be ninety two, I want everyone to absolutely doubt the radar gun because <laughs> I've been trying so hard to throw the ball hundred miles an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, that just reminds me, like, when I was in high school going to, like, college camps and stuff and throwing 87 and people being like, what do you throw, 93? And I'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> because I just threw my – I was a big kid and I tried to throw the ball as hard as I could every single time. Yeah. And I think, honestly, if if you're a kid or you train kids and you're just telling them to spot up, like, yeah, man, you'll grow in your velo, then – you should give them their money back. You should be forced to give them their money back because you're lying and that is not how that works. But, but like in all honesty, it's not even the intentions of me wanting to just throw the ball hard. It's my whole, like it's everything, right? I, I warm up hard. I take the warm up seriously. I throw my plows hard. I throw my catch play hard. I throw my bullpen hard. And then when I get into the mound, all it is is second nature. Like I am trying hard because it's like, this is what you're supposed to do, right? You're just supposed to give a hundred percent effort, right? I always say a hundred, give a hundred and ten percent effort. Okay. Well, I'm giving a hundred and ten percent now. There's no problem with it. Right. So my only advice is to do everything as hard as possible, form your own opinions, have a schedule, eat Arby's and die. And that's it. Do nothing other than that. <laughs> that's pretty, that is the only that is the only thing that I think is worth doing in this in this industry, I guess. 
Yeah, if you're uh, if you're not going to do it as to the best of your ability, or that like you know your life is on the line with it, then you you can't do it at all. At least when you're you know like you said, someone who's not gifted and uh, on that path with with genetics. Uh, you know, I I couldn't agree more. And I think, uh, like I said, most of the listeners of the show are in that position, and I think that's a valuable you know piece of advice for them, or they at least work with an athlete in that position, uh, even if they aren't one themselves. So um, I have those though, like. Like one of the guys I have that's 91, 93 with some fours who has the exact profile as Dustin May. I'm he he's six foot six. So he showed up to me as 145 pounds. And he's like, dude, I will do anything you tell me to do. Yeah. Like, I hate this. And I was like, okay. Like, and I think that was another thing like I loved about our programming is that you didn't hold my hand. You know what I mean? There was no like you you didn't have to make me go do a, a high CNS lift after throwing a bullpen. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, there was no me calling you. Hey man, like I really just don't feel like it today. Like yeah. it, was, it was okay. Which, which it, the only thing that sucks about that for me is I get used to that. And then it doesn't happen with the majority of the other people I work with. And it makes <laughs> me want to bash my head through a wall. Yeah. I like, that's so frustrating. Like you, like one, I, I'm, especially when I program guys, I am blatantly honest with them. So the guys that hear this and have heard me say this before, I refuse to hold your hand. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to make you do something if you don't want to do it. Yeah, you you shouldn't have. That's not our job. Isn't no babysit. You want to motivate a little bit. That's fine. Like you want to talk guys off the ledge if they're too hard on themselves and and they're being a little too whatever. That's fine. But it's it wasn't my job. It's never going to be my job to make someone want it, right? And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and I, we never had that issue. Yeah, no, I hate that. I, I don't want to. I hate babysitting, dude. If you don't want to do something, fine, don't do it. I don't care. Um, so that was like that was always my favorite thing. You because my dad was never that way. He's like, all right, you don't want to go field and take grandma's. Fine, be lazy. I don't care. But when he would say, okay, like. Like, hey, like, let's go fill ground balls. And I would say, all right, yeah, let's go. He would be there until my hands were bleeding if if I wanted to. Like, they were always on board with whatever it was. They they were like, okay, I we think you should do this. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. But I think that's definitely that's definitely like a parent thing. Like, they never held my hand and you know, they would they would help for sure. You know what I mean? Like I think that's our job, right? Is you know, as coaches, like your job is to program. Okay. I'll help you. Hey, this lift looks like trash. Here's what you should do. But if, if I'm programming a remote guy and you're calling me and telling me that you don't want to do something, then don't like, I'm, I'm not your mom. I am not your dad. I'm just the guy you pay to write lifts for. I write your, (laughs) I do your throwing stuff. Like I'm, you don't do it if you don't want to. It's, yeah. Your motivation is above my pay grade. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, hey, listen, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Uh, it was really, honestly, fun for me, too, to kind of reminisce on uh, the work that we've done together. It's crazy how fast time goes. Um, you know, obviously really excited to see you get on the bump this year and uh, what you're able to do. And obviously, uh, you know, really looking forward to you. I'm not even going to say, hopefully I know you're making that next move to, to the uh, pro ball level. And I'm, I'm excited to, 
get back in the trenches with you once that happened. So, um, but yeah, no, this was, this was awesome. You know, you kept joking around about, uh, being an underqualified guest compared to some of the big names I have on, but, uh, the content was, was, uh, overqualified and, and right up to par, uh, in my opinion, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. So, so thank you for taking the time out and, uh, you know, obviously we're going to continue to stay in touch, but can't wait to see you uh, do your thing this year. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I consider myself not to be Kyle Bodie or Rob Hill or Stephen, <laughs> by the way. Neither am I. I just get to talk to them. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're the, you're the best, man. I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'll be back. Don't worry. I appreciate your it. Fa- favorite remote training will be back. <laughs> Love it. All right, brother. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. You got it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muscles and Management brought to you by Challenger Strength. I'm your host, Jerry Filippo, signing off from the show that's changing how we view sports performance, training, and business.